podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. This is the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino and this week I'm joined by James and Muff as we cover all things Celtic. The weekend saw Callum McGregor and his teammates lift the Scottish Premiership trophy for the second successive season on a brilliant day at Celtic Park as the boys drew a line under the league campaign with a sparkling 5-0 win over Aberdeen. Muff, it was another special day for everyone associated with Celtic. Hello Tino, hello James, hello listeners and viewers. It certainly was and it was probably a much needed reminder of just how good we are coming into a crucial week and probably seeing Alistair Johnston back playing was just it was very visible how much calmer the defending was as a result of that you know Iwata then had somebody supporting him rather than try to kung fu kick him um, the overall performance was just one right for the first minute where they were at it and you, you get that sometimes when you go to the games you sit down take your seat and then you just see for the first few minutes right there at it today I felt that very very quickly helped by the magnificent atmosphere that, that was created in the stadium pre-match I think Alistair Johnson set up Kyogo after about two minutes you know the one I'm talking about he just clipped into the channel for him and listen not to knock 33 goal Kyogo James but he should probably have done better with the finish you know, he ended up this kind of cross come shot thing but he should probably have stuck it away yeah, but that's, that's Hugo's game. It's like, just put the balls in there. I'll take my chances when they come, you know. Just give me plenty of chances, I'll get you a couple of goals. Yeah. Matthew, you've referenced the, the atmosphere and, you know, all things around the stadium pre-match, what about that TIFO? Outstanding. However, I actually preferred the carnage it caused afterwards <laughs> where you had players, uh, referees, assistants all running about trying to clear up the pitch. It was, it, it was one of those ones where it was... Uh, as can happen at Celtic Park, sometimes you get that sort of swirling wind and um, it caused a bit, bit of chaos, but that was absolutely magnificent. I mean, it, listen, you've almost become a bit expectant with those things now, I think. We, you, you know, we just know we're good at them, but to produce something like that, I just thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's quite spectacular, but it, it doesn't ha- happen by magic. There's a whole lot of planning. It's it's weeks, if not months, in the planning, James, and it's it's real credit to North Curve and uh, Tom Boyd, obviously, for his work. And, and Boyd, if you've seen that, just loads of guys involved in that, and just the the end result was spectacular. Muff, your Celtic moment of the week, please. Well, I, I know I've already labelled a, a pre-match display in a tifo as my moment, so I wasn't going to go back there again in case I was accused of being a fanboy. Um, but it would it would actually be Kyogo's first goal because I was sat directly behind that goal. Mm-hmm. And it was an unerring finish. It was absolutely fantastic to watch. Sold me with his dummy as well, because I kind of swayed to my left, which would have been his right, and then just left peg, top corner finish. And luckily enough, this is the second week in a row I've been sat behind one of his finishes high into the net. Just We're seeing a player at the peak of his powers. You know, no debate for me, best since Larson, absolutely. James, it's a class finish, isn't it? And it's uh, tailored as well, finds him in space. Kyogo's the kind of guy, he's a dream though, isn't it? Because he just he drops off the shoulder, he finds his space. And when everyone's expecting him to then pull a trigger by the right. Out. So obviously, we were at the game and that was great. But I didn't see it again until last night when I watched the highlights. And it's just that wee roll under the boot. It's just like, I tell you what, you just can all go that way. Because I'm going back in here. And as a finish, you've kind of come to expect as well. He likes that high finish. Yeah. The way, when it comes across, you know, from Taylor... He could let it go, cr- go across his body, most players would, and just leather that with your right. And, you know, he'd have been well within his rights to, to have a go at it like that. But he thinks, well, actually, if I tuck this back in, the two Aberdeen defenders are just away out for a, a pie. 
and then he's, he's on his left foot and he, yeah. he's high in the net he also has Hitati on for an easy square uh-huh. yeah. he, he could literally just roll it to Hitati but he lashes in with the left peg lovely Miff as a, as a run of the mill very average striker I'd have let that run across my body and screwed it by the post with my right foot <laughs> I believe he's, he's, he's gone and done everything <laughs> the, else the, the Kano kids would have been in trouble <laughs> <laughs> they would have been um, James as agreed you know over the last few games the results once the league's been wrapped up really don't matter in the bigger picture but it was a really nice way to finish off the campaign wasn't it with the, the five goals yeah, it was the kind of energy we got at the start of the campaign. You know, just shows you they've got it when, when it's important and it was important on Saturday to get a big result. So, yeah, just everyone calm down. Yeah. What were your own moment of the week? Uh, I was torn between the guy who scaled the Merchant City pole for a selfie. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, get yourself on Twitter. If, you, if we can, we'll put, put yeah, it in the we'll show notes. Uh, I, I hadn't seen it and James just showed me <laughs> it's an absolute belter. And then you get a picture of someone taking a picture of him taking the picture. <laughs> it is brilliant. Uh, I was torn between that and then... There was a great one from the, the women's game yesterday, Liv Ferguson, I think we're two up at this point, and she just turns to, to one of the Rangers players and gives her a wee snide, sympathetic smile. It was beautiful. Yeah, just a look. You'll have maybe seen the interesting um, information coming out. So Amy Gallagher that plays for the women's team, great granddaughter of Patsy Gallagher. So a real nice player. tie in there. And, and well done to the girls. Obviously 2-0 winners in the Women's Scottish Cup final at Hamden Park. Okay, let's take a look at what's coming up on this week's show. In this week's big topic, we take a leaf out of Angie's book and discuss the importance of enjoying the moments despite the ongoing speculation in a week where Celtic could land a world record 8th domestic treble. Then it's time for the Mystery Celt where the boys will be doing their level best to name this week's ex-Celt. And then we'll close out the show, as always, with This Week in Celtic Media where we once again dig out something that we think you'll enjoy from the world of Celtic Online. Okay, let's get started with the big topic. As we all know, by the time next week's show comes around, we could be sitting here with another treble in the trophy cabinet at Celtic Park. But, miff, lingering doubt remains on whether Ange Postacoglu will then still be in place by the time next season comes around. Before we get into it, let's hear what the manager had to say after the final whistle on Saturday. Champions again. We're champions again because of this incredible group of players. Champions again because of this unbelievable group of people working behind the scenes as staff. Outstanding. Champions again because of you. Champions again, because I am a lucky man. And we got one more to go. We never stop. Rafa was preparing myself for Ange announcing his new five-year deal after the game on Saturday, but it's an announcement that never came. What do you make of his words after the match? Yeah, I just think... To- to be expected or the sentiment to be expected I wasn't necessarily expecting those exact words but I thought I, thought I used the old champions again quite quite well um, obviously we dig at um, we Mickey but I, I don't think it was a place for him to come out and profess his undying love and the fact that he was going to stay forever the reality is he's not going to stay forever I'm, I'm pretty relaxed about it see if he goes he goes he'll go the same way as the rest of them if he doesn't want to be here on you go that's the way I, I view it I, I, that might be coming across as aloof or harsh but you know, I'm 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 just not getting involved in this whole. I love him, probably more so than any other Celtic manager in my lifetime. But if it gets to that point where he he takes us to a treble and then he wants to go to Spurs, 
Hell mend them. James, we've spoken in the past about when a player wants to go, you let them go. When it's time, it's time. Whether it's Odson Edward or Chris Iyer or whatever. I suppose the same should apply for a manager. If his head's away for whatever reason, you know, ambitions and, and boxes Andrew wants to tick in his career, then Miff's right. He, listen, he is roundly adored, certainly in this room, but, you know, by everybody. But if he's then got a foot out the door for whatever reason, then then it's, it's time to let go. Yeah, once, you know, once you've done everything sensible to make sure that he's got opportunities here and he's got reasons to stay here. You know, he's, he's maybe on a lighter contract than he should be, you know, having you know come in from Japan. So you can maybe write a wrong there. I know his agent was in town this weekend. He was on the pitch um, as, as part of the celebrations. Now, that could be part of the discussions they're having with Michael Nicholson. And it might be Spurs are offering us 8 million. What you got him at? 1.8. You know, I think Angel will be on 1.5 to 2, I'm guessing, something like that. And if you make that three and he stays for another year and, and off it goes, fine. The Spurs thing, obviously, it's, it's a strong link because of the director of football that's taken over there. The Aussie guy who's you know, come in to kind of set them back on their way and knows Ange well. I think there's a shared agent. The agent's the same for both of them. But it doesn't make sense, particularly with Spurs not getting European football uh, yesterday. Dortmund is a worry for me because they're in the Champions League and obviously they kind of blew it on Saturday. If a team like Dortmund comes in, I think we're in bother. A team like Spurs, not so much. There's a lot to be said for that because everyone just, I suppose ourselves included in this part of the world, you just think vultures in the Premiership or the Premier League, sorry, circling. Actually, Ange's, Ange's a global manager. You know, he, he could go to another country. I mean, he's, he's done it in, in several continents. So yeah, you're right. If, it, if an opportunity comes around in Germany or Spain or, or wherever, he's got a bigger market available to him than most managers. Imagine he's got a chance of winning the Bundesliga <coughs> and breaking... Bayern stronghold there you know that that's a real um, interest for something yeah. like him one thing just to push back on what you said about Spurs not being in Europe being a reason why he wouldn't go I think that's the reason why Ange would go because he's a he's a fixer he's the kind of guy that goes into a club when it's broken and listen it's a tall order in the Premier League it's obviously very competitive and I think listen Ange came in when we were at our lowest ebb in modern times a couple of years ago and completely turned things around and I think you know whether it was a Liverpool or a Man U or a Man City they're not the kind of gigs that attract him at this moment in time he wants to go and put his own stamp on things and turn a club around the the point I'd make about Spurs if he has the same start at Spurs as he had at Celtic he's out of job that's just a fact that's a fact that he's not going to get back now that may may ward them off that just now I think he's got unfinished business. I, I, I think he'll stay. I think he'll stay. But again, I'm I'm past that point of, you know, I love him. I want him to stay. I am in no way ushering him out the door. Let me make that absolutely clear. But I'm not going to spend my summer panicking about him leaving. I, it, it's got to be that if he wants to leave, he'll leave. And it, the exact same sentiment goes with that as it would do a player like you referenced, Tino. We've been here before. I think, I think that... That's what's kind of hardened me up a bit was, was that season. is we, we all were so desperate that, that summer, summer granny, COVID season that we wanted Eddie to stay and we wanted Christy to stay and we wanted Dyer to stay. And look what it got us. We can't be begging people to stay and that includes the manager. Yeah. If he wants to be here, and he wants to improve us and he wants to take us further in Europe, brilliant. He'll be invested in that and you'll see he is being back. The board are working with him, but I take James's point around how Ange himself is remunerated if we can do something there it makes sense it would also mean that we can maybe up the compensation that we would get if if, if, if if he was going to go we could put a clause in around that so that we protect that for another season and then he eventually goes you know 
let's be, I, I think Andrew's found a home in Celtic and, and there's a lot that fits. Um, I, I just I just don't think he'll be in any rush to get away for that. But then if Spurs or Dortmund come with really, really silly money, then, you know, that, that he's, he's only human. He's an intelligent guy though, isn't he? So he's, whatever decision he makes, whatever his next move is, he's not going to rush into it. And there's a lot to be said, Miff, as you've pointed out there, that he seems happy with his lot in, in Scotland and in Glasgow. His family seems settled here. His, you know, his kids are at school, all that kind of stuff. And it won't just be about money for Ange. He doesn't seem that kind of guy. Listen, he's, he's well paid. He's, he's obviously picking up a decent salary. But I think the chat when, when Brendan Rodgers left was, he was on best part of two mil at Celtic and he gets offered eight. How can you not? How can you not take that? It's just, you, you know, short career and all that kind of stuff. You need to look out for your family. So at some point, you know, that may play its part. But I think James Ange will take his time and I always go back to, to your stance on it. He still get a couple of boxes to ticket Celtic. There's still a chance there for him. And the fact that we've got this Champions League group stage guaranteed, I just think he wants that one, at least one last bite at it in the next season. That's it for me. You know, if he can go, uh, you know, treble this season, strong Champions League next season, three in a row, you know, if he, if he sets us up for all that, then I think he'll probably consider that, you know, what more can I achieve here? given the budget constraints of a Celtic versus, you know, a Dortmund or a Spurs or whatever kind of thing. So I, I think that's when it becomes more academic. You can see all the, the reasons for it. But, you know, it might just be an emotional decision but he wants to play, you know, big football for big teams and, and big leagues. Yeah. But if you mentioned the madness of the Premier League and the fact that, you know, Ange had a really sketchy first half dozen games or so at Celtic and you don't get that time down south, you know, they, they pull the trigger really sharp. I think I remember reading it and it might have changed now, but the season just passed there has seen the most sackings ever in Premier League history I think there was 13 or 14 including two at Chelsea and various different things but it did remind me of you lads seen the Paddy Power advert doing the rounds alright oh, we're not getting paid for this and all that stuff but I have to highlight it have you seen it basically they, they're showing a kind of um, what do you call that a preview Aye, before, 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 the, the, before the season started they're having a kind of brainstorm right what can we do to make the Premier League exciting again you know I need some ideas guys and one guy's like Let's get Big Sam back, and he's like, "Don't be so stupid." Who for? What about what about, uh, what about Roy Hodgson? Get him back. Oh, come on now, you're just being ridiculous. <laughs> I've got an idea. What about uh, Chelsea sack Lampard? Sorry, Everton sack Lampard, and ends up at Chelsea. And it's all these ludicrous things that have happened, including Liverpool beating Man United seven 0 and so many different things. But it's funny because it's true. It is mad down there, and Ange could take that that leap of faith to to end up in the Premier League, and in a couple of months he could be gone and he'll be thinking uh, carefully I, I about that I don't think you get fired in Spurs in two months because there's such a box of frogs I think you've got a, a free hit for a year get you know no phone and ask him yeah. um, see the, the, the thing is the ethos that Ange works to works with the players he's developed so far because they've all kind of had a point to prove to get to a next level you get into that Spurs dressing room they're, they're already at the the rainbow ego they don't, they don't need to hear about life quotes about they've made it how, how you know they can go and improve themselves you know just look at Mourinho try to get through to Dele Alli as an example Mourinho yep. one yep. of the greatest ever to a, a talent who should have been one of the best his generation probably was for, for a season and a half brick wall absolute brick wall not interested I'm getting my money give me all the inspirational chat you want now somebody with the power of personality that Andrew's got I think he would just be able to Force through and mould his own squad. I mean, geez, oh, you would have a field day with that Spurs squad. Aye. You would just have an absolute field day. And, and you know, there is a slightly, slightly kind of 
small part of me would love to see him just get him and absolutely rip it up and tell him folk to bolt left, right and centre. But my, my point being, I, I'm not exactly convinced how that style would mesh with the problems that Spurs have just now. So it goes back to that point, he would probably need two, possibly three transfer windows to, to be able to sort it. At least. Where he is now, Champions League football, his squad, the promise of more to come in, I dare say targets identified, you know, exits more or less agreed by do, now. Do you want to give the listeners your tip that you heard? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Touch on it now. So Completely nonsense rumours that I've heard are Abada, Ariel and Starfield being away. McCarthy as well being the obvious one. Um, but with Abada, he's not keen to go because he wants an crack at Champions League. That's that's what I've heard. Absolute nonsense. Don't Please don't <laughs> do mentions on Twitter or any nonsense like that. So, I think the bottom line is, when it comes to Ange, I just don't think he'll go. The now. However, he th- there's no doubt just now, there's conversations going on in the background. I think it would be naive to think that that hasn't been happening in probably the past six to eight months. But with the game coming up Saturday, I think that's where his focus will be. I think that's why there's not been any chat about, you know, I'm not leaving, any stuff like that. I think it's all down to just complete focus on Saturday because that's how he operates. He'll demand that for the players, so he'll demand that from himself, and then we'll see what happens after that. Spot on. It's my very next question, so I'll put it to you, James. Is he doing the right thing either way by focusing solely on Saturday's game? It's a great point, Miff. He can't expect the players to be 100% on it if he's distracted in any way, shape or form. And if he were to leave, if that's what the decision is, it'd be a mad time to announce it and they're up to what could be a world record-breaking treble. If he were to leave, aye, but if he were to stay, would that not galvanise the players and give them a boost? Maybe. There's that. I mean, you've seen the celebrations in, in, a, in the correct way and just letting it be all about the players. He's standing just off to the side so that the focus is on them. So he obviously wants that, you know, focus within the squad. But if he was banging in a five-year deal, then I don't think it's a negative thing. Um, but maybe those discussions are just properly getting started with the agent coming into town this week and stuff like that. If you were the PR guy at Celtic, and Ange was signing a new deal three, four, five years. When do you think would be the optimal time to announce it? Would it have been on Saturday after the game? Would it be on Saturday night after the cup final? Should it be Monday morning of next week? When when do you think would be the time to not, call that? I'm not a fan of manager deals post Scottish Cup finals. They've not worked out for us in the past. Um, so I'd rather not any dressing room shenanigans there. Monday morning, maybe something like that. You know, when's the deadline day for the season tickets that week? Nice timing. You know? I mean, I've got a feeling we'll hear something one way or another within. 24 hours, 48 hours of the cup final. And I suppose in the interim, if it is the right message to send out that all focus, all eyes are on what we do at Hamden. I think that that's the way it's got to be. I, I, if you look at it, if you're <clears throat> absolutely brutally honest with yourself, if it was positive news, you would have announced it probably this week. If it's negative news, you would wait till after the final. That's the most likely path it'll take. But as James says, there's probably logistical reasons as to why they've not announced it. And if the agents just come in and there's been nothing agreed... It's maybe not something that they've felt they've had to agree because there's not been a danger of them leaving until very recently. You know, Spurs have been after about three or four previous targets. The, the board have probably felt quite relaxed around it and then all of a sudden, you know, all and sundry have knocked the job back. You know, Glenn Hoddle, Harry Redknapp, they're running out of options. All of a sudden, they, they want to come up and uh, take Ange. So, I... I, I I've got a feeling Rodgers will end up there before so Ange. That's that's my that's my feeling. You know, I think that's the most logical thing. Um, but 
But listen, we'll just wait and see. I'm, I'm just trying to concentrate on the weekend. I'm not, I'm not trying to get too, too much thought him because, like James said, before we come on air, I'm actually in quite a good mood. Fair enough, and I don't want to ruin that match. So <laughs> just before we move on, then gut feeling, is Ange staying or going? James? Staying. I think he's staying. I think he's staying as well. What's all the panic? What are we even talking about this one? There you go. Next subject. Um, that was a good 15 minutes or nothing. <laughs> we'll find out soon enough. Some decent part in there. All things Ange put to the side, so Celtic now have a chance in just a few days' time to set a world record for domestic trebles. We've currently won seven domestic trebles, so just to name the years, 67 and 69 under Jock Steen. 2001 under Martin O'Neill, 17-18 under Brendan Rodgers, 19-20 and 20 under Lenny, and 2023 to be confirmed. James, up until a few years ago, we'd won just one treble in your lifetime, 2001. We've now won five in your lifetime, seven overall, and Saturday could be number eight. In 135 odd years of Celtic, these are very unique times, aren't they? Been saying it all season. It's a real special time to be a Celtic fan, and none more so than, than right now, with the, the football we're playing, with the manager we've got, with the how galvanised the whole club is including the support um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful times to be a Celtic fan and if we can get things over line on Saturday phew, again no mention of it in the media world record treble no no mention of it at all you need to dig quite hard to see that don't you obviously we and various other Celtic media have broadcast it at different times but it seems to be the big kind of hush hush don't, don't, don't need to dig hard for a load of tutting about you know a couple of crisp packets left in Trongate Bear in mind, I, I, I waded through some of those crisp packets. There was plenty of them. It's all gone now. Yeah. Be, bear in mind, um, the the lack of treble was the particular stick which Ronnie Dial was beaten with, um, despite winning doubles. You know, so it seems to be picking and choosing as to when it's relevant and not. Yeah, if Callum McGregor, he would become an individual record breaker with five trebles under his belt if we do manage to get across the line on Saturday. What an achievement that would be! It would be, but you know how nervy it makes me to predict. Glory before it's actually here. Let's wait. Keep that for the <laughs> post-match. I'm, not, I'm, 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 boys. We're now on. We're now on the the week of of the game, and you know what that means for my bills. They're starting <laughs> to churn. They're starting to churn. Right. So let's just all this talk. Oh, Angie's away, and we're going to win a treble. Let's just get ourselves down the road. You so two, good two. news. Uh-huh. Tickets for me and the boys. Good. Have you, got your, you got sorted. your two prediction all sorted already? Extra time penalties? Billy Dodds to come on and score the winner for <laughs> Inverness Cali. Megan up the road greeting. Wayne's greeting. Oh no! <laughs> James, as I said, we're a number of days out from a record-breaking cup final. Miff doesn't want to talk about it on a no, second podcast. No. You want to, and you want to discuss? Uh, time for a new job. Uh, <laughs> you watch Succession yet? <laughs> One more time. Um, boys, have, boys have been going on about that. I don't, know, I, I don't watch TV series. Oh, it's good TV. It's a bit of a segue, but it's, it's good before we can look at breaking records there's obviously the small matter of Inverness Cali Thistle and, and what they can potentially do to spoil the party what do you think about the challenge we'll face from them obviously fairly running them all season from them apart from reaching this final they finished sixth in the championship although they only missed the playoffs by a couple of points it was all very tight there very experienced manager and Billy Dodds who you mentioned and he'd like nothing better than to get one over in Celtic I had a wee look through their squad before coming on here and there's only a couple of names that I even recognise and that's maybe more on me but Billy McKay, the striker, very experienced and good frontman, and Aaron Doran in midfield, who's been there pretty much his whole career. Um, what do you think about what we might face? Celtic overwhelming favourites, and rightfully so, but complacency is a dangerous thing. I, I would imagine that the, the shape the game will take is Celtic come out start quick. Um, Cali will look to frustrate, but I, I would point to the Kilmarnock game uh, that we played in the semi final as, as just a potential warning sign of. If we go into the game, maybe slightly 
off the pace. We we, we made a bit of a hash of that come on that game. If yeah. you, if you there was no football to be played, but the, the, the weather, the pit, pitch totally, weather, totally things like Saturday. You know, but look, look, Billy Dodds is equally as horrible as McInnes. So what I'm saying is that that ability to spoil is ingrained within both of them. Now I cannot stand Dodds. Could never stand them. And Cali have caused me a headache a couple of times through my Celtic supporting career. The combination of Dodds and Inverness Cali Thistles just making me slightly uneasy. Right? I know, I know, I know. I can hear the listeners going to see that we rocket. He just sits <laughs> there. He's so pessimistic. But I'm just saying, for me, that's the reason not to be too overconfident. The team have to come out, start quick, get an early goal, whatever they settle. Mainly me. James, speaking of uh, not getting overconfident, so the referee in the day has been confirmed as John Beaton. Oh, they've got their big guns out, Muff. Wait to hear this. On VAR, they've got Stephen McLean. Um, <laughs> there's, there's surnames for first names yeah. everywhere. James, rumours that linesman will be Jim McDonald from Coronation Street with Broxy Bear <laughs> as fourth official, <laughs> as yet unconfirmed. But could that have any bearing on the day? Uh, I think Beaton will allow physicality that, that he, he shouldn't. Um, there's VAR in this, isn't there? Surely. It's got Surely. potentially to be VAR, that. Right. Um, but Beaton will let a lot go. They, they'll come out to be physical because that's the only way they can level it. Um, I think we can handle that. But yeah, the referees can, can play their part here f- for sure. That That's my biggest worry is, is these things generally are because if Celtic, who've won a double in Scotland, including the Premier League, can't beat the sixth place team in the Championship, then maybe we shouldn't be worrying about Ange going at all. I don't get it. If he can't beat Cali Thistle, then he's not the manager we trend. thought it was. Aye, if all things are fair in Newcastle, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to ask about AJ's prognosis. Is he fit? <laughs> don't know. So obviously oh, Alistair Johnson limped off with, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes to go. Something like that. I'm hoping it was just a precaution. It he was wasn't a, hobbling or anything after like Kyogo was. That's the danger. Kyogo was limping around a wee bit. Um, we'll get to those lads in just a wee second. Um, James, in terms of ticketing, the latest reports are that Cali Thistle have actually handed back some tickets now and there's going to be less than 6,000 of their fans in the stadium, which would mean well over 40,000 Celtic fans, probably 43, 44 amongst the, I think it's 51,000 capacity at Hamden Park. That's going to be an incredible atmosphere in itself, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that's got to have a big, a big beer and it becomes like a home game, you know, so uh, they'll enjoy that. Yeah. Um, Miff, you were talking about the boys who might and might not be available and I suppose Kyogo's the big worry, isn't it? 33 goals for the season, 27 in the league, picking up all the awards going, absolutely flying and it would be such a fitting end to his season as well as everyone else's if he could go and get another couple of goals at Hamden. It certainly would, Dan, and very deserving. You know, he deserves to be the star of the show for the work that he's put in, and I hope he just he goes and earns that in the day. Um, Kyogo is just such a unique player. I think you, I think he could play in the wing. I think he could play in midfield. He, he's, he's just got the lot. I, I just love watching him play. And it's so good being at the games and watching his movement and watching how many runs he makes in a game. You know, it's no, phenomenal. It's a really interesting one. See his... Uh, Calmax lining up his shot where Kyogo gets the second goal before Calmax really getting in a line for his shot Kyogo's going I know where that ball might yep. go yep. and he's already away his anticipation yep. is just ridiculous a, such a clever footballer I don't know if, if you lads seen the report I think it was last week or the week before it was doing the rounds about AZ Alkmaar amongst other clubs doing intelligence tests on players like young players yeah, yes, yes, kids yes. coming through at academy level it's really it's really fascinating to be honest with you and that's a tough one well, well it's Jamesy Forrest Bless him. That's harsh. Easy. That's what I Easy. Believe. What is it we're using Forest, by the way? I don't I, I'm that. not having this. I said nothing, Muff. Anyway, just to, to give you this uh, scenario. So basically, 
they test boys in their academy, academy levels to see where they're at in terms of football intelligence. So ask, you know, questions about perceptions and, and what might happen and probabilities. And basically, it's a model that's now ran for 10 years in Alkmaar and it's now proven they've got players who have now played at top levels, sold for big money and there seems to be something real in it. But I was just going to say, Kyogo very much fits the bill of an intelligent, talented guy, fast, you know, pacey, all that kind of stuff, skillful, but intelligent with everything he does. Just on the Alkmaar thing, I think... Queen's Park have brought somebody in yes. um, that, that was from Alkmaar and, and exactly. Alkmaar's success rate of academy is much higher than the average percentage of any, any Dutch team They've just won the UEFA Youth League they hammered Barcelona 3-0 they beat Madrid 4-0 and various other teams to go and lift that trophy there's something in it Aye. I would like to withdraw my James Forrest comments football intelligence is a, is a world of its own and you can be all the, have all the football intelligence in the world without being academically intelligent and I don't think James really likes that so Fair enough. Yeah. You've, you've covered yourself. Yeah. I, I was, I was pretty hard. In case James's lawyers listening, I, <laughs> I know. Hi, James. Um, <laughs> as academic, then I maintain it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, the one over Aberdeen, obviously getting the five goals. It lifts confidence, James. You know, it's always good to be scoring a few goals, particularly going into a cup final. Just to clock the record as well, it was 114 league goals for the season, a new post-war record. So the Lisbon Lions scored 111 goals in their 66-67 season. I'll need to check, we'll need to go back through the recordings ourselves, but we, we, we called it in an episode, didn't we, as to what we thought we'd all land on. I think Paddy said 120, Matthew 106, Using various things. One check that. And you started thing. talking about goals records. I, I just, I, <laughs> we'll, as for James and Paddy. We'll check that back to see who's the wrongest. Um, Matthew, we're doing the, the big match preview on the Celtic Exchange Plus later in the week. And until then, as you've requested, how's your own confidence and excitement levels? Do you want to keep your powder dry for the preview or how are you feeling? Very nervous. Are you? Very, I, just because it's just it's the magnitude and plus it, I'm taking the two boys to the game. I, do you know, that's where my nervousness comes from is for the for the boys it's yeah, more than that it. myself you know had I been gone there myself I'd just turn up get steam and sing you've got those two entitled kids that have barely seen Celtic lose haven't you I don't see see there, there he goes <laughs> there he goes he's just playing on that he knows how to just prod a wee in there um, uh, yes I have yes yeah, they expect they expect, a day, they expect a party they expect a flag a hat a badge a scarf bag of chips can of Fanta they expect a lot <laughs> and I hope they have a magic day James your final comments on this before we move on from this section it's, it looks like it's going to be a lovely day you know sun's going to be shining Hamden set up for a treble so just relax so that we can enjoy the day relax Miff um, yep it's been a brilliant season so far Scottish Premiership League Cup already in the bag but as Anne said on Saturday we've still got one more to go so let's hope for another very special day at Hamden Park on Saturday Okay, let's move on to this week's mystery sale and we'll start with a quick reminder of last week's for anyone who missed it. Clue number one, I scored in my Celtic debut, a 3-1 win over Hearts. Clue number two, I've got over 100 caps for my country. And clue number three, I joined Celtic from a club in the Bundesliga. The answer, of course, was Timo Puke. Miff, your thoughts on the Finnish superstar? He just looked, in his time at Celtic, he just looked a wee bit lightweight, but you could see he was talented. Lightweight? Mm. I'd say he looked overweight. No, no. I, I, but even I didn't use it. He didn't use his way. He didn't look strong. He, he, he kind of played in the periphery games. You could see he could finish, but right. no pun intended. Just very underwhelming his time at Celtic. Really scored a few goals, but just never really hit heights that he possibly should have. Um, yeah, from a time when our recruitment was very dicey. This is when guys like Borichter were coming in, Amido Baldi, 
Um, oh, you felt all that kind of stuff. Various guys, yeah. So it was a, a sketchy time. So I'll give you the fact, fairly signed in a four-year deal from Schalke in August 2013 to replace Miff's hero, uh, the departing Gary Hooper. Well, there you go. Didn't like him first, <laughs> He only managed seven goals in 33 games in that debut season. And to be honest with you, just, he never really found the consistency needed at Celtic. Listen, we've seen beyond that, James, he's a player with a bit of talent. He's obviously gone on to good things at Norwich, but he just never really got going, did he? Nah, and you know, he's, he's come out since and said he wasn't, you know, he's, he admitted his attitude was wrong. He wasn't trying. So we, we, we saw exactly what he was given to Celtic, which was not a lot. He's not without talent, like I say, but... Nah, not not a guy I'll uh, take long to forget, you know. No. So like Gary Hooper, he would also end up at Norwich after initially going to Bronby in Denmark on loan from Celtic, then he signed permanently. And he went on to become a bit of a cult hero. Carroll Road, I think five years there, plenty of goals. He's now out of contract, Miff. Are you having him back? No. Absolutely not, that's the correct answer. So let's move on. Okay, let's move on to this week's Mystery Celtic. If you're playing at home, jump to our Twitter page at Celtic Exchange just now. And if you guess the correct answer, you'll be given access to an extended free trial of the Celtic Exchange Plus. There's a guy in the YouTube comments who's asked that Tino no longer gives us uh, reserve players for the 80s as mystery sell, so let's see if that has been heeded. That is not applicable to this guy. This guy <laughs> is not a reserve player for the 80s. He's very much a Celtic hero. Uh, kinda. Anyway, so uh, clue oh, number one. Kinda. Clue number one. I scored 22 goals in 66 appearances for Celtic. Anything jumping out, James? No. I'll give you clue number two, and it's kind of similar. I've scored 20 goals in 63 caps for my country. And clue number three, I never won a thing during my time at Celtic. So as always, you've got until I read out this short update to provide your final answer. You've actually been through them in about 10 seconds. Aye. I'm not having that. I mean, Obaldi, Fortuny, guys like that, Celtic heroes. Miff, I'll just recap, right? Number one, I scored 22 goals in 66 appearances for Celtic. Clue number two, I've got 20 goals in 63 caps for my country. Clue number three... I never won a thing during my time. Well, the lads are having a quick think about that one. Just a short reminder from me on what's coming up on the Celtic Exchange Plus this week. Saturday Scottish Cup final kicks off at 5.30 at Hamden as the boys look to make history at the National Stadium. And as always, we'll be here either side of the game with our additional podcasts for subscribers. The big match preview will be available on Friday before we then return on Sunday with the Match Reaction Show. And if you want to enjoy these additional episodes from us this week, as well as our full back catalogue, then just visit the Celtic Exchange Dot com now. No Viduka? No Viduka. We done Viduka a while ago. I thought so. Paddy yeah. done Viduka. Uh, Robbie Keane, but he won more caps than I think for 100 him. caps. I'll give you one more crack, James, and that'll be us. Poppy Peter? No, definitely not. 22 goals. Miff, the score is now 11 10. I'll tell you after the show what it is. But if at home you think I'm you know the answer. enough time. I, I, you need a wrap it in. Aye, aye. I'm, mm. I'm thinking the, time, the time's a wee bit. It's a, it's a quick fire around them under pressure mm. remember if you think you know the answer to this week's mystery sale and want to enjoy an extended free trial of the Celtic Exchange Plus then simply reply to our pinned tweet at Celtic Exchange using the hashtag mystery sale got to give myself another a, a minute right so just just, just chat away <laughs> so if you jump out in the next section with the answer we'll, we'll think about it Time for this week in Celtic Media, where each week we dig out something of interest from the world of Celtic online. This week, James is something for us featuring Celtic's number one, Joe Hart. James, what have you got? So I first saw the picture before I saw the the YouTube video. There was a picture of Joe Hart kicking about in the hoops. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. Kind of running about. What have you got? Nakamura? No. no. Hard luck, man. No, he won the league. I'm getting up, I'm getting up. Right, sorry. Aye, so... Hart and Hoops, which was nice to see outside the, the goalie jersey. And it turned out it was from a, a video him and Ben Foster. Yeah. He does the, the Foz podcasting as part of that kind of thing. It was about 20 minutes for the two of them seeing how they play outfield. 
So they've got Josh, who's Clark. the Clark in goals, who was the penalty hero for the, the youth. The Glasgow Cup. So he was in uh, goals against the two of them, and it was like drills on your left and right. And it's like, you're just, there's, there's no great in-depth insight into their characters and stuff like that. It's just goalies hitting free kicks and stuff like that. <laughs> but there's plenty of chat. Hart is all the personality in the world. He's, he's, he must be a tons of fun in the dressing room. Yeah, it's pretty good fun. It's, it's basically the, the way they kind of shape the channels. There's 25 different strikes. You know, it's like a couple of volleys, some from crosses, penalty kicks and all that kind of stuff. And so Ben Foster, this is his big thing. So aside from being a pretty decent goalie and he's now joined up at Wrexham along with Ryan Reynolds and all that kind of stuff. Um, guy who's got a pretty decent career behind him, but he went big on the whole YouTube thing. So he's got the Fozzie podcast. I think on YouTube it's the Cycling Goalkeeper or something like that. And he does various challenges up and down the country. So he seems to have a good relationship with Joe Hart, but it, this is just quite a fun watch. It's up at Lennox Town. You've got the young goalie, you know, get, getting a wee bit of flack as well on the sticks. And yep. I suppose it does show you, James, the, the real difference in skill set between goalkeepers and outfielders because there's some good strikes, but there's some utter nonsense in there. Aye, mostly with a weaker foot. I would say I'd take Hart on his right foot. He can strike a ball. You know, by the you'll, you'll fancy yourself, you know. Yeah. But if we'll get a bigger discussion, as I said, on who stays and who goes once the season is properly done and dusted. But as a quick one, how important has Joe Hart been to Celtic in general and should he be the number one next season? He's been very important. Whether he should be number one next season or not, I think, if we're being honest, we, we probably need another level up, talking about kicking on in Europe. But he has done a, an admirable job and I think it's just refreshing to see how much he's loved it if he came up here. Towards the end there, a few errors from him, which were pretty much in line with the performances of the team as well, suggesting foot maybe slightly off the gas. I actually thought he dealt, he dealt with a few tricky situations quite well on Saturday. He looked very much back on it. And he has just such a huge influence in that dressing room as well. You know, you need, you need characters like him about. Whilst I say we, we maybe do need a new number one, I'm not sure if we will get one. I'm not. I think. I think. Um, you know, Ange, Ange really rates him, loves him as part of the dressing room. So, I think if he's not number one, he won't be here as we discussed previously. I think. I think he just wants to go and play. Yeah, I, th I think we've spoken it through, James. But he seems to have found his love for football again, doesn't he? He does, and that's that's the danger um, because he's he's shown he can still play at a high level, and I do think we need to change it up next year. Um, which is harsh, but that's that's football, and if we're going for the next level, the, the way I see the kind of the summer panning out is our current bottom level will disappear, go, but you know just let, let them go. Our second tier will become the bottom tier, and our first tier will become a second tier, and we'll sign an awful lot of players in that top tier. Unfortunately, Hart is one of those I see dropping from top tier into second tier. I just think we need to go for something a wee bit better in terms of modern goalkeeping, playing to Angie's style, which Hart has done well, and he's adapted admirably. But we just see enough that, you know, maybe it's time for, for something new. What we did see, Muff, obviously, um, Scott Bain signed his new deal when he, he got his first start of the season, I think, at Hibs during the week. But it shows you how important, how, I mean, how absolutely vital the, the concentration is for a Celtic goalkeeper. Because often you've got nothing to do for huge spells and games. And then stuff comes to you which should be bread and butter if you're concentrating. And, you know, Scott Bain unfortunately showed with that third goal, I think, for Hibs. One slip and you're you're done. Bain had had a good game. Mm -hmm. He just made that mistake. You know he'd made some some decent saves, but that that's why Scott Bain's not Celtic's number one. But that's the thing for Joe Hart, isn't it, James? You know, particularly Celtic Park at times, and you know some of the domestic games, he's got nothing to do, but he might need to be ready to to make a huge save, get into the the ninetieth minute, and he's been. He's proven very reliable. You know, I've highlighted the mistake he made at Leipzig, I think, this season in the Champions League. But by and large, it's hard to find 
many faults in, in what he's brought to the party. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that goal aside, I can't really remember that many, you know, clangers. You know, it's certainly nothing in the, the genre that, that Bain dished up last week, you know. So it's, it's not really that Hart isn't good enough for what we've done this season. It's saying if we want to go one better, and Ange does and we do, then we need to go one better than the players. Yeah, but it's a good watch, good fun to see. So him and Foster seem to have a nice thing going on. 20 minutes long, give or take on YouTube, but it goes quickly. It's, it's well worth checking out. And as always, we'll link to this one in the show notes for this episode. Um, just some other news before we wrap up on this week's show. So I mentioned the, the women's team uh, getting the big one at Hamden Park with the 2-0 victory over Rangers. It was Natasha Flint and Claire O'Riordan getting the goals. Huge well done to Fran Alonso and all involved in that one. Uh, you may have seen elsewhere that Ange and Kyogo picked up another couple of additional awards on Sunday. So Ange was named Manager of the Year and Kyogo Player of the Year at the Scottish Football Writers' Dinner uh, on Sunday night. Kyogo couldn't be there. They're, they're boxing clever with him, aren't they? They're, they're being quite cautious over his injury. So I think Ange accepted it on both behalf. Uh, sorry, on his behalf. And it couldn't really be anyone other than Ange and Kyogo to, to pick up those awards. Uh, I mean, I think Kelmack has been our player of the year. That would be my choice just because he's he's held everything together. Everything we do that's good comes through Callum McGregor's influence. But you can't deny that Kyogo is the one that lights up the team and lights up the fans. Particularly those two goals in the last two games. I know the second goal in Saturday's first goal there and the one the week before. Just outstanding. I mean, no one else in the league can score goals like that. The, 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 especially the, the range of goals he's got in him. So, yeah, delighted to see him get that. And obviously, Ange with you know, his performance this year, he's got to be manager of the year. I think the exciting thing about Kyogo, and just quoted just in the last week or so, saying he's such an exciting talent, but he's only going to get better and he's so determined to get better. He said his attitude is absolutely first class. You can see how his teammates respond to him, can't you, in terms of just how adored he is in the dressing room. So it's one thing getting the goals, but he's also got the personality and he's he's been such a, a huge influence. Yeah, I think that that's, that's something that kind of gets missed about him around his attitude to get better. I think it was a criticism of him this season, specifically in the Champions League campaign, around maybe not being as efficient with chances as we would have hoped. I think that bodes well for next year because I think that you'll really hone in on that and, and focus because what we've seen this season is, is yet another... We thought it was brilliant last season, but he's, he's kicked on again. At the start of the season, there was there was people saying they thought Giacomacchus should, should have been starting ahead of him and you can just see why Ange has absolutely nailed these cars to the mast with, with Kyogo. And Kyogo's paid them back. But it's been referenced before, both in the podcast and through Angie's um, statements around Kyogo being a fierce competitor, determined to win. And you can you can see that he takes so much joy in the, in the celebrations. It's almost became a bit cliche now that, oh, there's Kyogo doing the front dancing and all that sort of stuff. But he's putting in so much time and effort and dedication to make sure that he's been able to savour those moments. And it only bodes well for next season that he's got to come back refreshed and ready to go again. Is he though? I think Kyogo will stay and go for the Champions League again, yeah. I yeah. think much much like Ange, I think we've got another at least another season. There's really positive quotes from him just saying that he he says like a lot of his teammates, his aim is to stay at Celtic for as long as he can. I think he's achieving a lot of ambitions and the, the real opportunity to, to go another level again in the Champions League next season is a is a real I just think there'll be target. Bits. I think there'll be buzz. Yeah, I think there will be. There yeah. might be a call to make, but I think he's a, a guy who's happy where he is right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree, I agree, but it'd be interesting, which sure there'll be in Ange as well. It's just a case of I think there is an ongoing thing and I hate the word but it's true in this sense of a project a, a kind of a shared vision of where we're going and where this squad generally this squad is going and spoke about aggressive reinvestment and we've seen that with the likes of Johnson scenario Jack and Marcus and all 
we'll probably see a summer of that fluctuation again. I, I, I just think, it, you know, we just need to trust the manager and the board that they're going to take us where we want to go. Hopefully that's if the manager stays bad. There's no point in worrying about that because we concentrate on Saturday, see where we're going. And if fans does go, the good thing is the plans are already in place to bring in the players that we think we need to bring in. Yeah, Just a wee bit of news um, that kind of went under the radar during the week as well is I think really importantly, Kyogo, Rio Hitati, as well as Dyson Maeda have all been called up yeah, to the yeah. Japan national team. And I think that's been playing on his mind. You know, it's, it's such a sore one for any player to miss out in the World Cup. And you've seen that video, haven't you, where you actually see Kyogo when the announcement's made. His heart sinks, you know, you can see that. That's obviously a dream for any player. And I think had he been missed out again, you know, you'd maybe think, is, is national football beyond me? Do I need to leave Celtic to tick that box? But now his manager's recognised that again. He's been recalled. And now it's up to Kyogo. You know, he's, he'll go away with the team. I think they've got a couple of games and he'll be given that opportunity. And it's up to him to prove the point that he should have been there in the first place. But the fact that he's got the call up, it should be encouraging for, for him and, and various other players. Yeah, and much like, you know, Carter Vickers getting his start in, in America, you know, it's it's got to be part of what we provide for players because we're not going to give them 100 grand a week. So what are we giving them? Giving them Champions League football, we're giving them 60,000 every week, we're giving the best support in the world. 60,000 fans, not 60,000 quid. <laughs> Just to be clear correct, on that. let's be very clear about that. Um, <laughs> and we're giving them the opportunity of that Champions League exposure, which should get you recognition at national level, and it's happening. Yep. You know, there's a, how many players did we have away for the World Cup? And that you know, will, will keep growing as these you know, guys... But you have to bear in mind, I'm just saying guys who you know, weren't the most fans, he did something to prove, but as, as they start to show their talents, they'll be getting recognised as well, and it's got to be part of our pitch to players. Yeah, and, and I'm sure it is, you know, what Celtic do provide, it's just a huge platform, a huge opportunity, if you're right, you know, Celtic at the moment, under Ange, they're signing hungry players, they're signing guys that have got a point to prove, Celtic give them the opportunity to prove that point, and then it's all up to them from there. James, the league's done and dusted, and that's now rejoined the League Cup trophy, and the Celtic trophy cabinet. Is this the week that Celtic make another piece of history? It certainly is. Miff, you can calm down. Yeah. We'll win by a few goals on Saturday. I hope so. Any final comments, James, for the week? Just that was a thoroughly enjoyable day on Saturday. Um, wee bit sketchy towards the end in terms of memories, but <laughs> yeah. remember most of it. We'll, um, we'll always have the memories, kind of. <laughs> have the memories we have. Um, so, yeah, more celebrations coming on Saturday. It's been a great season. Um, it's been a really fast season, I have to say. You know, it's absolutely zipped in. Um, looking forward to see what we do in the summer with our retained manager my final word goes to you for the week so how much are you looking forward to what Saturday could bring and any other final thoughts for the week please yeah very very excited nervous but excited um, really looking forward to it really forward to going there with the boys and, you know Hamden the sun all, all have that. they been to a Hamden final before uh, oldest yes yeah. youngest no brilliant so aye some, something a bit different something new um, and yeah listen this is this is why you're a this is why you're a football fan for, for days like this and yes we've been spoiled in, in recent years but I, I think the fact that it's Ange going for it and writing a wrong of, of last year um, it feels it feels pretty special so just fingers crossed the, the boys do the business yeah here's hoping so that wraps things up on the latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly thanks to James and Miff for joining me today and as always our thanks to you for listening Remember to send your mystery Celtic to us on Twitter if you think you know this week's answer. And beyond that, don't forget to visit theceltichexchange.com where you can start your free trial and enjoy all the additional podcasts we'll be producing this week. But in the meantime, enjoy the cup final wherever you're watching. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again this time next week.
Podcast Network.